0: Nick Kiprios here, and we need to talk new energy. New Energy is a great-tasting, chewable tablet I carry everywhere. Whether I'm broadcasting a late-night doubleheader or going to an early-morning pickup skate, New Energy is, hands down, my go-to to to help promote alertness, wakefulness, and relieve fatigue with only ingredients I love. Look for the orange stick at a retailer near you, or look for my webpage at getnewenergy.com slash kiprios. That's getneuenergy.com slash kiprios. This product may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label what's up world hockey report with cody and adam recording this one sunday night i know adam's been at the rink all weekend well i guess i have two i've hit like seven hockey games in the past four days been an absolute gong show adam say what's up buddy how's toontown
1: it's a bit of a depressing podcast. I went to four hockey games in three days. Friday was good. The Blades beat the Pats, and that was good. Saturday, the Huskies lost three rip to the Bears. Sunday, the Blades beat the Rebels, which was one nothing boring game, and then went from there to the Huskies game, and the Huskies ended up losing one nothing on a power play goal in the second period so this is a depressing podcast you saw two nothing games in the same day yeah in the same day
0: that's banana lands dude i i don't know if that's has that ever happened
1: in the history of humans that seems crazy yeah i i don't know they're they're both like pretty pretty tough games to go to
0: insane well, dude, I mean, I guess it's kind of... At least it was, like, better hockey. I mean, I got to hang out, watch some AAA. I got to see the Oil Kings game the other night. That was all right. They just absolutely filled the net on Brandon. Wasn't even close. I mean, I got a lot of beefs with that Brandon Wheat Kings team because they've got some skill. They're just one of the laziest teams, it looked like. Plus, they couldn't get a save to save their lives, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, tons of NHL though to talk about. Um. Also, I'm still waiting for a t- tweet from Bob Stoffer as we called him out on Friday night. Oh, uh, he after- he sent
1: he sent it not to us, but he sent one. Oh, did he? I, I didn't check it
0: out, but uh, I'm sure he'd have a, a few words if he uh, felt like it. But maybe maybe he'll play nice guy on this one.
1: There's like nine different numbers in it. Twenty nine two one three one zero three fifty five twenty eight nineteen seventy two seventy three. He used that many numbers in one tweet, so out of boy bob. It happens. It
0: happens. Hey, uh any Cheldo, let's get caught up on some stuff there. You were watching a bunch. Uh you watched that Flames mini game. I was uh oh I didn't get to catch that one, but let's start it off. I mean boom, Hathaway. What do you get for that? did he, did he get you get two games or what? Did they have they said anything?
1: No, he got nothing
0: oh really okay no, he,
1: no hearing no hearing or anything
0: well whatever i mean he's still got like a match penalty game misconduct it's a weird play like buddy was like trying to. it looked like buddy was going to try to run him through the boards then all of a sudden hathaway just kind of like sidesteps them it it looks bad from that one angle where it looks like he just like face slams them curb stomp into the boards but, like, if you look at it from another angle, it kind of just looks like Hathaway just kind of, like, jumps out of the way and kind of helps him into the boards. So, a little bit of an interesting call. And, I mean, it obviously hurt the Flames. Aside from them playing, like, dog shit, that, that always hurts too.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was because Cunnan went at him. And it seemed like Hathaway just kind of, like, went to grab him. And then as he put his arm down, Cunnan's face at the thing. But, yeah, it's so weird because... I don't think there is an intent to like shove his face into the end of the boards. I don't know. Maybe Hathaway's that big of a scumbag that we don't know about. But like, yeah. As far as the game goes, I mean, that it's a long ceremony. Like both teams go through it. Uh, they just played bad. I mean, there's something about the Flames in Minnesota where I'm like, uh oh, yeah. I don't know. Just because Minnesota's so average and the Flames like drop down to their averageness. But yeah, Mike Smith had a, had a tough go, especially on the winning goal with a little mishap with Noah Hannafin behind the net. And then the, the goal, they got within one and then Donato scored five hole in Smith. And I got to say this about Minnesota. I mean, Fenton did a good job putting them into more of a direction at the deadline where he got younger with Donato. He got more skilled with uh, Fiala. And man, Donato looked really good yesterday. Okay, before we get into Mike Smith, because
0: you know i got to get a couple of words out. I also saw one of the hardest hits I've ever seen today. Kid got, like, hit into the stanchion. Like, like or, is it stanchion? That's the thing on, like, the benches, right? Like, the glass at the end of the bench, right? Yeah. Like, you, you remember that Patrick or, like, when Chara hit patch ready into that thing? Yeah. Dude, i seen a kid get buckled into one of those today. Like, his helmet cage spun all the way around. It was insane. The rink went like dead quiet. It sounded like a bomb went off.
1: Man, there's just... a scary there's a scary one in the Husky game today. Like it it's not really a stanchion, but the, the Huskies captain got hit at the bench and it he must have like got whiplash or hit up high. I couldn't really see it from where I was sitting, but he just fell or he like he stood there, kinda like stood there wobbling and then fell and like grabbed onto the boards and then he went to get back up and he fell again. So that's obviously like Conk city, but never want to see that. Yeah. CTE through a straw right there. That's taken one. Uh, okay.
0: Moving on though. Mike Smith, as we said, his just, man, you can't have that. And everyone's like, Oh, Smith, he's been so good in his past six. Like take the blinders off. Everyone knows we've been talking about this for how long now the flames goaltending's not good enough. And they proved it today. So why would they sit around at the deadline hoping for the best when they know Mike Smith is going to pull performances like this, and it's just going to hurt the team? Like it's such a just common sense thing of hey, they're not good enough. Let's just face the writing on the wall. And instead, what does Calgary do?
1: Well, let's let's give them a shot. Man, those five hole ones from the blue line can't go in. The time and the place of the game, he, he misplaced the puck to give them the go-ahead, then the Wild got another one, Flames get within one, and then he lets Donato just put the game away. Uh, yeah, I don't know, It's we've talked about it on here before, like, when has rotating goalies ever worked out before, where it's like, oh, we're going with a hot hand today. No, you shouldn't be going with a hot hand, you got to go with one guy. I think Bill Peters said he plans on going with one guy, but who knows? What if Smith plays bad? I don't think he's going to be that guy. And We talked about the Brian Elliott-Chad Johnson debacle that ended the playoffs a couple years ago in a sweep. So,
0: And honestly, if you're looking at it right now,
1: man, the Flames better hope
0: they get a favorable first round, or it could be the exact same. Why? Because Riddick hasn't had his hot start. He's cooled off. Mike Smith, you've got no clue what you're getting. I mean, hey, great guy. I'm sure he's a good community guy and all. Net mining wise, he's had better days. It's past. It's different NHL. As I mean, yeah, I mean you've got goalie buddies that are that are coming up to the ranks and everything. But it's just that that new style of offense. It's been said before, is you know, why can't some of these older goalies adapt? Why do you guys like Henrik Lundqvist have some problems? Guys in their later thirties. They they're different though. Because guys coming up from the minors are seeing all those young stars from juniors. I mean, they're just developing at a different time. It's a different era, different style of game. And it's tough for goaltenders to adapt. Guys aren't using wooden sticks anymore. And I I mean, how old's Mike Smith? I bet you when he first
1: started, guys were using woodies. Yeah, it's. they kind of said when they traded for him that he didn't have a lot of miles on him. Which is true, but he's still been in the league for all those years, been through all those practices and training camps. Like, he's he's not a young guy. They tried saying he was young because he never started until he was, I mean, in his late 20s, early 30s, so. Interesting. No move, to say the
0: least, on the Flames' behalf. But, yeah, the, I mean, the Wild looked good, obviously. You know, Donato's looking like a stud. Probably good for change of scenery, right? Like, you know, guys just... You get to throw on a different sweater. You got a different, I mean, group in the room. Fun. I mean, when when hockey's fun, that that's when guys are buzzing. And so I'm sure Donato is loving it. He's playing in the state of hockey. Also, the Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament. Sick. You got to check that out. Um, John Tavares, the other big thing. Back in New York. Did you watch that game? Did you watch the, the pregame, you know, the video tribute, all that other jazz?
1: Yeah, I turned it on. For first 15 minutes of the game just to kind of see like how they'd react to him and then they said oh we're not going to commercial at the 12 minute mark we're gonna wait but then there wasn't a whistle for like four minutes so I was just like waiting and waiting but it was what you expected I mean he left the team as a free agent he went and got paid money I mean the Islanders actually offered him more money because it could go the extra year there but It's what you expected. Islanders fans seem like they're pretty sensitive because they haven't done anything for like 30 years, which I mean, he was the one who scored the OT goal there to make it their first playoff series win in like 20 years. So it's what you expected, though. It's it's funny. I think it's good for the game when people are throwing snakes and stuff on the ice. It's maybe not to like Brian Burke or Don Cherry, but I think it's funny. It gets a lot more love. It was funny. I mean, I had fun with all those
0: jerseys and stuff, and I didn't really see the snakes. I saw you tweeted something. I didn't really look too closely at it, not going to lie. But, yeah, it's funny. It's good attention. Yet again, man, Islanders fans, they, they just seem like they took it so personally. I don't know how you're, like, I can't put myself in those shoes. I've said it a million times. But how are you that generally affected or, like, offended? By a player signing somewhere else. Like, dude, he's going to sign. He's going to play with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, like Morgan Riley, Jake Garner. He's got Freddie Anderson in net. Dude, the Islanders were a dumpster fire when he left. All they had was Matt Barzell, and then
1: Anders Lee was having a pretty good season. That's what he left on. And to all the people saying, oh, man, we got a, a new ring coming. No shovel's even been put in the ground for a new rink. That's still three years away. Like, just stuff like that. And sure, he went home. I mean, it's not like he went to the Rangers or anything like that. You know, it's... He went to the Leafs. The Islanders and Leafs have, like, no history. And, I mean, it's... I think it was funny. It was was good. But what was Toronto doing where they gave him that big ovation with all the stands? Like, I I like to tweet. And it was... He was booed, not stabbed. Like it's not like he's a local hero coming home. He got he got booed and people yelled at him for three hours. You don't need to give him like a hero's welcome, like he saved the world or anything like that. Like, come on. That could have been. I was going to bring that up because that could have been one of my favorite tweets of the year. I don't know
0: who to give credit to on that one, but it was hilarious. It was like he, he got booed, not stabbed. Frick, man, Leafs fans. That's the loudest that building's ever been. I bet ya. I mean, it's it's all a suit and tie affair until John Tavares gets booed and everyone's like feels sorry for him. Geezers, no, that was hilarious though. So, did you see? Uh, I'm sure you saw Sean Avery's video. Give me give me your thoughts on that. I mean, Aves kind of kind of went off the rails, and I mean, I think everyone knows my thoughts. Your thoughts, kind of. I mean, I think he's kind of a loser, got a big ego. But did you did you see the video? I mean, like, give me your thoughts.
1: Uh, I think it's all for the clickbait. Like he's putting that out. He looks like a mannequin in the video, and I don't know. It's just for clickbait. He's just saying his thoughts. Obviously, he played for the Rangers and obviously probably hates the Islanders, too. So it's one of those things you look at. It's like it's Sean Avery being Sean Avery, trying to stir the pot. He has nothing else to do. He's bragging about how good-looking his wife is on other podcasts, but... I don't really know what he does and he's obviously just trying to trigger people and build content out of it. I think he's trying to be like an actor or an
0: actress now. Whatever whatever you want to go with there. So, interesting. I thought the video was exaggerated. I thought it was funny how end of the day it's like, okay, clearly you have these opinions because you played on the Rangers. Like, don't kid yourself. That, that guy would love to be in John Tavares' shoes but instead he's just going to Put a video out there. Get his face in front of the camera. Whatever. It happens. Uh, Moving along. Oilers. They go in Hamburg? Okay, actually, no. uh, Screw the Oilers. I don't want to talk about them this soon. Columbus. Man, did they trade and make themselves worse or what? They looked horrible. I think they've lost two or three straight now. Like, yikes. That's a team who supposedly
1: stacked up at the deadline. It's the curse of Matt Duchesne. Go on. Go on. Well... So he gets drafted to a lottery team, whatever, plays like six games in like, what, eight years or something in Ottawa, but or in Colorado, my bad. But then he gets traded to Ottawa, a team who was lost in double overtime of Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, gets traded to Ottawa, things are looking whatever, and then they become the worst team in the league. And then he stays there. Carlson leaves, everybody leaves, and then he gets traded to Columbus, who's not even in a playoff spot, and then they become even worse, and I tweeted out, a lot of people are starting to agree, if you search Matt Duchesne Curse on Twitter, you'll probably find some good content, and it's true, but Columbus, they lost to Edmonton, they lost to Winnipeg, Wheeler had like, what, four goals? Um... I don't know. I agree with what they did. Somebody's like, oh, do you think they'll fire the the GM? No, I don't. I think that he, there's the old saying, you got to have a plan, or there's no such thing as a no plan plan, or it's the wrong way, but you got to have a plan. His plan was to go for it, give the people of Columbus something to actually talk about as far as a hockey team goes. So I still like the move if they make the playoffs or not. What if they don't make the playoffs, though? How do you justify losing six
0: players in a free agency and you just supposedly went all in at the deadline?
1: I think, well, yeah, see, that's the tough part. I think they'll make the playoffs like Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, and not so much McQuaid, but still McQuaid. They add something to that team that they don't have, and it's not like they're out of it. Like, what are they, one or two points out of it as we do the show tonight? Um, they still have a lot of prospects, and... Not so much draft picks, but let's say all those guys leave in the offseason. Maybe they're that team, and Ottawa, Ottawa could do the same thing where they call Calgary and say, "Hey, we'll take James Neal, but you're giving us a one along with the contract," or Edmonton, "Hey, we'll take Lucic, but we'll take Puljuarvi." You know, stuff like that where it's like there's ways to make your team better. And Columbus didn't give up Liam Foodie, who was their top pick, or. They still got Jones Marensky, and apparently a couple goalies. Uh what, Merzleakens is the one. What do you know about him? I got no clue. And van Vanelinen, Vanny van, he was the other. So that's from, from the the mouth of our boy Ray, but they still got stuff there. It's just if those guys leave, that's a lot of cap space.
0: It is. It Man, I don't know. I just I just look at it like hey. All this hype was around the deadline. Columbus is making moves. And boy, watching them, that's not a good hockey club right there. That's a club in disarray. That's pretty much looking I get it, they're two points out of a playoff spot. But they're not doing anything if they're in playoffs. Also, I gotta watch the Islanders. Heck, I don't know, maybe it was today or something. When did they play in Philly? It might have been today. That's Coliseum. That doesn't look like a good hockey team either. I don't know how they were sitting first in the Metro for so long. They're going to be in trouble in playoffs. No way they win a series. Not a chance.
1: Yeah, I don't. But it's so weird because last year everyone's like, oh, the the Cinderella juice is going to run out of on Vegas. Everybody probably wants to play them in the playoffs. And then they went to the cup final. and It's kind of like that with the Islanders to an extent, but... I, I do agree that if there's one team you'd want to play, it's probably the Islanders, and it's not Pittsburgh or Washington or Toronto or Boston or Tampa.
0: I would literally take the Islanders over the Montreal Canadiens in a heartbeat, without a doubt. What's your, uh, what's, what's your thoughts on Vegas this year, though? Like, they're sitting all right. Hey, I mean, Flory's got his eighth shutout. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. The guy's got eight shutouts. Vegas is back to third. Like, everyone's like, oh, one and done. Like, they're going to be garbage. Dude, they're still competing in that Pacific. They got San Jose in the first round. If they can get past them. They could do some damage.
1: Yeah, it's tough to judge them right now because they're in the Toronto-Boston mold of last year and kind of this year where they don't have anything to play for. They're locked into the three-seed uh Edmonton isn't catching them and San Jose and Calgary aren't dropping either. So they're tough to judge. I said this last week about the trade deadline where I'm not the, they don't, they're forwards. I mean, old wild Bill, did anybody think that he was going to be a 43 goal scorer every year, which I mean, he's still got like 20 some this year, but obviously a, a big drop off. The depth isn't quite there where all those guys are settled in and maybe the chip on the shoulder is gone. Uh, Mark Stone came to their team and he instantly leads their team in points by like 20, which is a good gap for them, but it kind of says something about their lack of depth flurry. Like they should just rest him. I mean, he doesn't really have much to play for. And then the defense still isn't like, like they're a solid group of six, but Nate Schmidt is a number one. I like Nate Schmidt, but not as a number one or two, you know? And going back to,
0: uh, like a, I guess it's almost a week ago. Oh my goodness, ah, uh, that that chara hit on Evander Kane when Boston was playing sound, was like, You see all that? Like, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Because Twitter was obviously blowing up. It's kind of just a, a big guy hitting a small guy, and then I mean, Evander Kane goes and throws some shade on Twitter. Yeah, it's funny, but like, do, do you think the hit was that bad? Like, is that really an avoidable hit?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was just like kind of contact. Like, it's not like. I don't know. It's so tough to judge any Chara hit ever just because he's got, what, six inches on Evander Kane. So it's so tough to judge those where it's like he gets hit in the head, he he rubs a guy out and it looks bad. But I don't know. I'm not the biggest Evander Kane fan as a guy who's basically like cheered for teams against him all the time, obviously. So there's that. Good for him for fighting him. Like Kane's a, a tough kid, but fighting chara like i mean it's probably not gonna go great the the twitter stuff is good though like the nba gets so much kind of flack but it's kind of good for the nba where it's like man like all these stars are like being so dramatic on twitter where it's funny and it's it's probably good for the game where kane did the three blind mice gif when it was announced chara wouldn't have any supplemental discipline and then he did the bird box thing too so it was funny I like it. I mean it's good. It's as you said, you know, it shows the character.
0: It gets the guys out there. Can't all just sit in the room all the time and hide. Whatever. Let the guys be themselves. I, I think that whole Twitter thing's funny. It gets the NHL guys are like, oh man, this hockey player just called out the refs. Good. That's good for the game. Good little chuckle. You see the uh the Aginla little banner raising? As I said, I was out for that one, so I didn't uh, watch any of it. Saw a couple of little video- videos, saw the banner raising, looked awesome. I, like the, I mean, the biggest thing is that, is he the best Calgary Flame ever? I said it, it I think he is. But uh, your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I don't think, like, it's hard to argue with those older guys, like Theo Fleury, mm, Lonnie McDonald, Yeah, like it's... And he was there for so long, too. I remember when he got traded for, what were those guys' names? Like, the worst trade ever, Kenny Agostino and somebody else. Obviously, the guys aren't uh, Agostino kind of plays. But I remember when he got traded, it was like mid-game third period, and the Iggy chance were going out. Uh, probably the best flame of all time. He had over 500 goals with the team. And he didn't leave on bad terms. I mean, the team wasn't very good. Uh, got traded to a cup team, you know, stuff like that. The weirdest part of his career was him signing in Colorado and just getting absolutely nothing, then getting traded to LA and then still missing the playoffs.
0: Yeah, he jumped around there a little bit at the end. That's obviously a sour taste. I'm sure if you're a Flames fan. But also, as soon as I sent that tweet, I'm like, best flame ever. I'm like, am I selling Mika Kippersoft short here? Because it's hard to out what, what Kipper did for the Flames.
1: He never like he never won a Vesna or anything, did he? Like I mean I think a lot of people when they think of Aginla they think of his fight with Le Cavalier and him getting the five hundred goals like off the skate against Minnesota. I guess the biggest thing was his play uh his play with Crosby there with the golden goal. I think the craziest Kipper off status is he was a 70 game goalie for like eight straight years where he's 74, 74, 76, 76, 73, 71, 70. Like that's insane. That is crazy, actually. Could you imagine playing that many games? And he did he won the best in 05 06, so I was wrong there.
0: Okay, I was just I was just uh trying to whip that up on the phone, but yeah, dude, he was crazy and he was Man, I, everyone says he's just a chain smoker too, eh? Like they're like he, everyone else would be in the gym. He'd just be sitting on like the the bench, just like ripping darts. Didn't care. Like he was he was just that naturally skilled of a goaltender that he would make things look easy. And that that's like the perfect goaltender because I bet you in
1: all those years like he put up like nine tens for the most part. Did he not? Uh, yeah, his. The middle part of his career, like he was nine oh six, nine oh three, nine twenty, nine oh six, so that wasn't great. But I mean, when he was on, he was on and you talk about it now where it's like like guys playing more than fifty-five games is unheard of. Like you need a good backup goalie. Yeah, if you hear
0: guys playing fifty five games, it's like they take the next two weeks off for rest. Vasilevsky style. Speaking of old guys though, playing a lot. You saw that Yager video. Oh my goodness. He's still flying. This is like, I don't know if it was his first game of the year or whatnot, or first game after Christmas, something like that. Man, he just beamed one. He's still got it. For an old guy, like, I get it. His skating's not there. His agility's not there. But dude, he's got a beam.
1: Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Like, how old is he now? 47 or something? So, yeah, that's pretty sweet. He is playing in the, what, like, 6th or seventh best league in the world, so take that into account. But still, still nice to see all the Auger stick his ass out and get the position and score.
0: Okay, let's not call it the sixth or seventh best league because fun fact for you, that's where I was. So I don't want to pop my tires. Not a big deal, but at least I'm not getting lit up by Auger. Right? Think of the positives. That is true. <laughs> um, I mean the Oilers, though, as as we've uh, we've talked about it before. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but with them winning these games and just kind of floating around in limbo land doesn't wouldn't this kind of piss you off if you're a fan you're like oh man like we're not going to do anything we might not make playoffs and now we're going to give ourselves another 12th overall pick come the draft
1: yeah i it's so weird though with that franchise just cuz they like have to win games or else they get shit on and as we've said before the the corporate sweet situation was up after three years and this is year three. And it's like, well, like what are they? They're six points out or something. The only thing is I'd feel a lot more confident if they're six points out and they're like the only team in the hunt, but they're six points out and there's like Minnesota's there. Vancouver's fallen off. So they're not really there, but it's like, there's so many teams in between them. And if those teams are facing each other and stuff like, then it's, it's tough to tough to do, I guess, because, like, let's say Arizona plays Minnesota. That's two points for one of those teams that the Oilers aren't getting. So, yeah, Chicago, Colorado, Arizona, Minnesota, Dallas, all within, and Edmonton and Vancouver, all within eight points. So that's a lot of teams and a lot of help you're hoping to get.
0: And another team that's a dumpster fire just can their coach. You uh, tweeted that one out. Um, Guy Boucher. Fired in Ottawa. They replaced him with a weird one, though. Like, Mark Crawford, I get it, he's got a lot of experience, but boy, some of the stories you hear from his former players, like, they just like despise the guy. Like, spit on the ground, it's that bad. So, I don't know, like, is that the right fit for just the current NHL? Like, a hard-ass guy who's kicking guys on the bench? I don't know. Like, it it seems interesting, but... Yet again, what, what was your first thoughts when you saw that Crawford
1: was taking over? Well, like anything in Ottawa, I think it's just uh just what does like is this actually a move that Pierre Dorian made? Like what does Eugene Melnick have to do with it? And that's that's like anything in Ottawa, you know. The the Boucher thing, I can see why he would get fired. Obviously on Monday after the deadline, Dorian's like, nope, he's your coach. And then what he get fired on Thursday or Friday? So just weird timing. You you wonder who who it's coming from. Probably Melnick. I can see why Boucher would be fired, though. He got fired in Tampa because he played the most boring game in the world, right? Like the 1 3-1 one, check where guys are just standing around trapping, like boring shit like that. But what are you gonna do in Ottawa? Like what would he get fired for? And man, the press release the senders put out, and it was it was honestly a job description like if you pulled up indeed or something like that the senators press release of th- what they wanted for an, a new coach was you know a, a good young mind who communicates with all aspects or people open and where everybody knows like it was actually ridiculous just reading it like i you know so surprised why like why a team would do that and just another thing with the senators when they traded eric carlson and mark stone They didn't actually say it in their press release. It was Senators speed up the rebuild and acquire a lot of assets in a trade today. Like, you know, just shit like that in the organization. Crawford's probably a scapegoat there until they find another guy. But if I'm a young coach who knows I'm getting another job in the hockey world, your first question is in an interview in Ottawa is how much is Melnick really involved here? And if the answer is yes, you're probably walking out of the door.
0: Yeah, it's a tough organization to get in. I mean, they've just so many ups and downs there already. Is that really like a, a room you want to step in? I get it. They get some good young pieces, but just organization wise, probably uh, not the best fit. Um, here's here's one from earlier this week. I know you're gonna you're gonna find this funny. Jimmy Murphy named ring a bell. Like, I've heard of him just because people have ripped on him before, didn't really know the guy or whatever. He decides to go and tweet out that the Oilers were about to trade Adam Larson for Connor Brown. Stupid tweet, doesn't make sense, can't imagine it happening for one. And then, yeah, I mean, he, we pff, whatever, the guy's an idiot. And all of a sudden he just went off, so, man, like, pfft. He's he's gonna call us an idiot, but yet again, he's trying to say that the Oilers were gonna trade Adam Larson for Connor Brown. Give me a break. Like all these rumors out there, guy just looking for attention.
1: Yeah, I think that's his, his shtick kinda. And if you look at his tweets, he gets 9,000 replies on it because he's such a such an idiot. And then he like was like just coming back at us hard and stuff, and it's like, man, you were wrong about the trade. Bob Stoffer, who has his fingers in every pie in the Oilers organization, said you were wrong about the trade. Elliot Friedman, the most famous insider, maybe outside of Bob or Dregs, said you were wrong about the trade. But yet you're going to come at us when we say, what a clown you are for getting every trade wrong, you know?
0: Yeah, then he's trying to chirp us. Like, oh, you guys know nothing. Like, I've got 20,000 followers. It's like, shut up. You're an NHL handicapper. Whatever that is. I mean, it's just a guy that spends money on hockey, essentially. Guy's kind of a clown. Yeah, I, was, I thought that was funny. Then when he tried to come after us for hockey, I was like, hey, uh, who broke that stone trade? Yeah, shove it, bud. I don't know. Jimmy Murphy. you got to come on the pod. Let's uh, let's let's do it. Let's get Murphy's lawn. But yet again, maybe break a trade first, and then we'll talk. Uh, move it along. I don't know. Like there, there was a there's funny things this week, but like, man, Wayne Simmons. I that's still one that baffles me in Nashville. Have you got to watch him play yet with the Preds?
1: I saw a little bit of the Jets game, and he was blowing his top off.
0: Oh, I don't know how to say this nicely. It's like he doesn't fit in there. Like he's too high emotion. He's he was almost too perfect for Philly that he just doesn't fit in in Nashville. Like he's got that little Broad Street bully effect to him. And he's playing in Nashville where guys are just happy to sit on the bench. Whatever, they, they just pick up their points. They, they're not really an intense team by any means. So it just looks like a weird acquisition. And I watched uh, probably a couple periods of it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure that's uh, the right fit for him. But that's early. that's just early speculation.
1: Yeah, with with Nashville, it's it's like you basically picked like what you were picking from at that point because they probably were in on Kevin Hayes more so, in on Stone, uh, in on Duchesne, and all those guys left. So it's like, here's Wayne Simmons for you, and he's having the worst year of his career. Uh, you've seen how much Lucic has deteriorated. Because I mean, so you want about. Milan now, but in his time, he was a, a very effective power forward, and Simmons is kind of starting to to look like that. His contract will be interesting. I think it'll depend a lot on his playoff performance, but yeah, I'll say this about him in Philly, though. I mean, they got James Van Riemsdyk in the offseason, and at least fans hearing this will say, oh yeah, he's a power play specialist. Yeah, so Van Riemsdyk took Simmons' spot in the power play, which... I guess old Wayne train wasn't tough. And uh, I, another thing that I did uh, just
0: pick up on Twitter there is uh, I just saw a tweet about Koskinen. He's been better since Cam Talbot was moved, but I really just don't see him being that number one guy that they hope. Like that that shootout, real bad. I don't know. That's uh, I, I want to see more of Stolars. Why did the Oilers? Like, I guess, yeah, sure, they're going for playoffs and stuff, but you acquire a guy like Stollers, I don't think he's got a start yet. Has he? it has been there for, like, two weeks, sitting on the bench. Just just relief on the Leafs game. See, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Like, you're just going to, like, it's almost like you're building up the nerves. Try put yourself in his shoes there. You get traded to a new team. You're like, what am I getting to start? What am I getting to start? And you got Hitch just sitting in his office eating poutine or something. Sada, give the kid a start, throw him a bone. You just traded for him. Give him a shot. Don't just ride Koskinen and throw him in when you're down five nothing, going into the third. It's stupid.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, I've never seen a goalie that big give up so many goals over his shoulder. Like you're six foot seven. Why are you on your knees all the time? You know. And stuff like that. Uh, he's under his crossbar a lot, which probably leads to those goals. He's he's probably the most frustrating goalie to watch because he lets in the goals that he should save, and he makes the saves that he should let in. So if he just played a normal like nine fifteen pace, you know, it'd be fine. But he's like, he's so good sometimes, and so questionable other times. Where it's like, that's the guy that you gave. What was it? Thirteen million dollars too. So yeah, I don't know. Did you see that? Uh, that what I just shared this
0: uh, this evening? There was that club hockey, that ACHA game, South Carolina and Clemson. They were playing for a charity game, dude. It was like, I don't, I don't want to sound rude or anything, but like I I think someone in like uh, the ACHA or someone passed away, so they're doing a charity game. I think they're just raising funds for them or some foundation. And dude, these guys start brawling out there. That's hilarious. Get, if you don't see the video, you gotta go check it out. It's on our page, of course, at World talk RPT. But, dude, did
1: you see that? Yeah, I saw it. If you started a brawl in that situation, you're probably a loser.
0: Man, but like the kid got wrecked into the boards, and then it was just all out melee. Like, what type of charity game puts two rival teams against each other? Like, you wouldn't do a Philly versus Pittsburgh charity game and let the actual NHL teams play it out. Kind of seems like a, just a mess in the making. Yeah, that's a strange, uh, strange game to schedule. Anything else uh, you wanted to talk about hockey-wise? I think we're pretty much uh, through my show notes.
1: Yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, you see Jakob Silverberg pop the bottle off. I did. I was
0: watching uh, SportsCenter highlight tonight. Hasn't he done that like twice now? Like the exact same shot, same water bottle. I also, I'm not a fan of having the water bottles behind the net. Like, I think that's just a stupid... The water bottle holder could be the stupidest invention ever. Never used one, never will.
1: Yeah, a lot of goalies, like, didn't use the old ones when it was right on top, which is weird. He signed a contract, by the way. Uh, five years, I think it was around $5.5 a that's, a that's a decent player to give that money to. I mean, for Anaheim, though, like, you signed Silverberg, you still got to get rid of Getzlaff and... Well, not so much Getzlaff, but Perry, Kessler, Henrik, like... It seemed like Silverberg could have been the ones to go, though. Didn't he sign that contract a while
0: ago, though? I saw that, and I was like, I swear this was announced a long time ago.
1: No, there's tweets. There's probably a weekly tweet for the past couple months where it's, they have agreed on a number, but term is the issue. And it's I don't think he actually ever signed it.
0: Okay. Yeah, cause I, I saw that, and I was like, man, I thought we tweeted something out a while ago, but... Fair enough. I guess if they hadn't actually agreed on it, all just speculation. Fun enough. I don't know, he's a good player though. It's it's a it's a solid piece for Anaheim. They don't have much to build around, so you got to make uh hay with what you got. He's a good player. He's been good in playoffs too. That's one of the times where you know you really notice them. So, all in all, I like the addition. I mean, you got to keep those guys around. You got a goalie in Gibson there. One of the best young netminders. You got to do something. You can't waste his prime like Montreal did with Carey Price.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh, I actually do have another thing I need to talk about. Do you want to hear how crazy the Tuesday Blades game was? Blades and Lethbridge. I'm in the media lounge. 45 scouts signed in for the Blades and Lethbridge Hurricanes game on Tuesday. Obviously kirby dock the number two ranked north american skater dylan cousins the number three ranked north american skater but yeah 45 scouts and if you look up i believe it's section like 39 or one or something like that and it's just filled with all all the scouts so that was pretty cool to see did that double their game attendance or what nah (laughs) they've been doing they've been
0: doing well lately They've been doing pretty good. Have they good? Well, it's always been a a struggle in Saskatoon there. So it's about time though. like, damn, they got a good team and everything. Just that city's got to get behind it. It kind of like baffles me. It's like, hey, you've got a really good junior team. Even I was at like the Edmonton game the other night there. I get it. Edmonton's bigger than Saskatoon. But there was at least 8,000, probably closer to nine in the building. And so, I don't know, like, you just think you're like, man, Saskatoon's got so much more to watch than Edmonton. And it's just, like, people just don't get behind
1: the blades. Yeah, I don't know. People are, people are, and it's, everyone's always like, oh, well, the rink is too far away. But it's like, it's not too far when you have to go to a concert or a game or something like that. Uh, It'll be interesting, though. I think that they've done a lot better this year. Obviously, like, their first um it just seems junior hockey as a whole the attendance is down which i don't know it's weird i mean this is what i say i say like kirby dock for still in cousins they're going to be in the nhl in two years two or three years you can come see them for 15 dollars now or 150 dollars in edmonton you know Exactly. But you're, you're
0: so right with the whole just junior hockey attendance down. And it's, I mean, it's why hockey's hurting as a whole. Like even look at just your typical junior A, junior B, senior league in Canada. Everyone's struggling a little bit, but that's, there's so much hockey on TV now. Everything's available online. Not going to complain. I probably stream 95% of the games I watch illegally. Not a big deal. Thank you. Reddit streams, big shout out. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I, there, there's really nothing like it. Like, dude, you got some of the best young prospects in the world. And how many people are in Saskatoon? Like, I don't
1: know, like 200
0: and some thousand. That's bonkers though. Like, what do you think the average, like 4,000 a game? Yeah. Roughly. Roughly. See, I don't know. Seems a little Saskatoon. If you're listening, you better get on board. Um, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much all I got. Unless you got anything else that's uh, burning a hole through you. No, I think that's good. Maybe we'll get a guest next week. Yeah, true. That's uh, maybe maybe we bring on the, the the drop the ings interview. Maybe maybe we pick up another one. I've got a I've got a couple just uh, some guys backing out. We'll get some funny ones on here for you. Now that the NHL we're kind of getting into that slow season again, as uh, playoffs creep up. So yeah, I'm sure we could drop that. Of course blogsworldhockeyreport.com We're on Twitter at WorldHockeyRPT, check us follow on there DM, tag us and stuff, whatever you want We're also going to be getting a giveaway Big shout out, New Energy's hooking us up We're going to be giving away some cool swag some product, all that stuff, maybe even SeatGeek on board Hey We'll figure it out though, of course Adam, let's get out of here though It's late, Sunday night, episode's dropping on Monday Peace out See ya.